Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're regular, welcome back. My next guest is a self-care advocate, Kundalini yoga teacher, an author of a book called Inside, A Guide to Resources Within to Stay Connected to Your Truth, even in trying times with 40 self-care practices that you can use today. Her work is to help you craft and commit to a devotional practice of sacred self-care so that you can feel at home again in yourself working on self-care practices, sacred space, healing mind, body, and spirit. As you guys can tell, I like to have these conversations and um, when they come up and we get to talk about this kind of stuff, I love it. It's a lot of fun and I had a great conversation. So our guest today, her name is Sarah Brassard. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And we're on. Sarah, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Lance. Great. I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm excited too. Um, this is an area that I love talking about and I've recently discovered and it's just, there's so many layers to discover. And, um, you know, I'm so excited to unpack all of this, but I would love if you could maybe take us back, give us a bit of backstory for anybody that doesn't know who you are and other than the intro they heard, Maybe tell us a bit about yourself and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess where the story starts is really as a child, you know, growing up in what I would consider a pretty quote unquote normal upbringing, you know, family was pretty intact. And then um, well, I'd say really intact. And we were living a great life, and life was super happy. So it's always fascinating to me because I have that point of reference. Many people don't. So I'm, I'm grateful that I have a point of reference of what felt very solid yeah. and foundational. Um, at 10 years old, um, my father was diagnosed with leukemia. And my mother, um, she was now on her second marriage. Um, I think she just freaked out and basically she left our family and went off with another man. The thing that was really quirky about that um, is that this man was welcomed into our family as a friend. And I think that that has played such an intense part of my healing because there's this sort of innate distrust that I have around mm. loss. Um, you know, he was welcomed by my dad. He was welcomed by my brothers and sisters and, of course, by my mom. And then he took her away. And um, I find that that's a very uh, sneaky little aspect to my healing. Mm. You know, that uh, very often still, you know, stuff will come up and it'll be like, you know, why am I freaking out about this new friend that came in and is such a good friend of my sister? And why am, I why am I having all this weird reference? And so, you know, there we go into that sort of original wound, if you will. Mm. You know, what was it? What was that thing that happened between, you know, 1 and 14 that impacted you in such a way that mm. um, it's it sort of that place you go back to, even when you're yeah. doing what we're doing, you know, daily and writing books and living it and teaching it it's still so sneaky and it can come up yeah. and grab you by the ankles and slap you to the ground. And, How uh, old were you when that specific thing happened? Uh, yeah. So that was about 10. Okay. So yeah. Ooh, prime time age for, for all that kind of stuff to be formed. Right. Right. And, you know, along with sort of intuition, I think many of us, um, you know, call us empaths, call us people with high sensitivity, we tend to have dreams and have sensations and have experiences. Um, so, you know, there, were the, there was that. There were dreams that preceded that. And, and so really overall, it just became this, um, this really deep wound that uh, I've spent my life recovering from. Um, my gig was that I was not a shit show. 
you know, I mean, many people have these events happen and it's just like their life blows up, right? Yeah. I, I was really not that person. It was like, no one's going to know this. I was under a lock and key. It's like, put the mask on, make sure everything looks great. I, I you know, became a business person at 21, married the, the great guy, had the perfect family, had the house. It's like, no one is going to know about this. And then physically, um, I started to fall apart. It is, and isn't it that what happens? You yeah. know, that none of these elements, if you will, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, function without the other. So even though you, though you think you got it all wrapped up, you, you really don't, you know? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Mm. <laughs> so many people that appear to have it figured out don't. Right. You know, the people that are so good at hiding it, like on the outside. And sometimes we think that the people that are, well, this is how we were programmed. We think the people that are emotional and vulnerable are the ones that have lost it, but really they're the ones that have been able to be vulnerable and show their emotion. So they're actually the ones that are, that are, that, you know, um, actually healing and actually, you know, not lost it, so to speak, the opposite of that, right? Right. Um, and it's so funny that we, we think that this person that wears the mask, mm. and that's like the perfect analogy because I use that a lot, um, has it figured out. And, and it's just not the case. It's just they're better at hiding it, right? Right. It's that courage, you know. It's that courage yeah. to really, okay, it doesn't look so pretty right now. I, I always sort of liken it to spring cleaning. You know, when you're yeah. spring cleaning, the house is just, it's in an uproar until you start putting it back together. and. Um, I just, I, I'm always in awe of people that are courageous enough to just say, you know what, it's not looking pretty right now, but this is where I am. And yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just kind of, um, painting that picture in my mind because I know exactly what you mean at that age at 10, like when that happens and, and, and that even gave me like this, like stomach feeling, this bad feeling when you were telling me this, because I was like, oh, you bring this person in and you trust them and they're like family and then they do that to you. It's just like the ultimate betrayal. And I, I know that feeling like, cause I mean, when I, when my parents split up around the same time, I don't know. I don't think that like my mom, I don't know of that ever happening, but I always had that weird feeling like, well, why did she leave my, why did she leave dad? Was it cause of another guy? And that's like that, that betrayal feeling that, and and we're so impressionable at that age that it's like it's you, you we don't realize it but that that event can create so much trouble later on right. with trust issues even with people abandonment issues you know all these different things that i i i think back of even you know when parents splitting up and that kind of thing like how many things that i'm doing now are because of that have you ever realized that like later on in life, like how many things spiral out of control from that? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm looking at your sign behind you, the name of your podcast, Trust the Universe, you know, that this, this whole process that we're in, you know, I like to say at this point too, that my mother and I are in an extraordinary place in our life together, you know, that there has been forgiveness and that, you know, it's, it, it's really fascinating to me because, you know, there, there's probably a larger group of people that would comprehend that for the rest of my life I could hate her and, and push her from my life than there are people that would understand that I work through that and that she's an integral part of my life now and yeah. a valuable teacher. And so, you know, I, I see these universal lessons as, you know, Will we find it in this lifetime? Will we be given that opportunity to actually turn something that's been so devastating for us into the greatest lesson of our life? And, yeah. and so, yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, it, it was really tough, man. But I, I wouldn't be the person I am today yeah. had I not had that experience. So. Right, and that's what we say. It's, it's crazy because it's like, yes, it was bad, but... It's like we're grateful for it because it made us who we are right. and, and it allows you to become better and become a teacher and help people and, you know, become 
more open-minded because you've gone through these things. So how, what kind of things, all right, so this obviously affected you at some point. What kind of things did you do to kind of start forgiveness? You know, how did you, what was, what was the beginning of the path to sort of accepting it and understanding that you're not your past and, you know, humans make mistakes. Your mom made a mistake or maybe, maybe she made the right move, but it seemed like a mistake at the time, right? Like how did you start to process that in, in like a forgiveness path? Well, I think first of all, it's sitting in the anger. I, I really do. I think you just sit in that anger as long as you want until you get some understanding that it's, it's never going to bring you anything good. Yeah. Um, you know, I had this sort of wake up call. There's a chapter in my book, you know, that I, it's the common denominator. It's like, you know, why am I attracting that kind of person? And, and it's a different person, but it's the same kind of energy. Why do I have like four or five of those people in my life? Or why has this event happened? You know, different circumstances, same energy. And it's like, oh, if you're, you're the common denominator. That's why, because you're attracting this because yeah. you're so stuck in this place of sadness and hurt and, and anger that uh, that's what you're bringing to you. Um, and then I would have to say too, that the physical aspects, you know, I came down with a terrible, like almost bronchial pneumonia. It wasn't actually pneumonia, but it really kicked me. And shingles at 28 and just these crazy physical things, you know, where you go, gosh, I mean, it's those times where we become most vulnerable that we have this opportunity to humble ourselves to our circumstances and say, God, I just don't want to fight this hard anymore. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm just so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. We hit that, we hit that point. Right. And we all hit it at a different spot and it's, it's amazing because, you know, suffering is a choice, right? Who said that quote, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Was that, I forget yeah, who said that, uh, right? I, I know. I, and, and of course it is, but you know, when you're in the midst of it, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's <laughs> no, a choice. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't okay. at all. And, and it just takes so much work because it feels like you can't get out of it. It feels like I'm, I'm stuck in this now. Like this is, this is it. You know, what are some things that you did to kind of other, so let's, let's get into like, I mean, did, was Kundalini something that you mm -hmm. started practicing that allowed you to get out of that? Or were there some other things that, that yeah. you started to work on like gratitude or some simple things that you started to do that changed your whole perspective on what was happening? Well, I think it's the course of my career too, you know, so I, I had a, a woman's clothing store. It was very successful. I did that from 21 until I was 30. And um, then we had our children. And uh, once our youngest went off to kindergarten, I said, I, you know, it's, it's all these sort of inspirations. It's like, I need to become a massage therapist. And I went to a two-year program. And it's when my world just lit up because it was, it was like, oh my God, there is a connection between the body, the spirit, the mind, the heart, you know, that there is actually this. And it was like all this learning started to feed me. It then took me to Kundalini, you know, this focus, this meditation, and these energy practices, you know, that there is this reality around, um, you know, resourcing uh, energy to heal ourselves. Um, and Kundalini, I always say Kundalini was like that sword, right? It's like that sword you pick up and you just cut through all that no longer works for you. It's a masterful technology and very difficult technology. You know, I was teaching last night. I had a, a program last night and I had some really strong people in that class and I put them into an 11 minute meditation where the arms are out and, you know, yeah. and they're chanting. And this woman called me this morning and this lady, I mean, she's a triathlon, you know, and she called and she goes, what happened last night? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, I am strong. I should be able to hold my arms up like that. I said, because you're not talking about strength. You're talking about energetics. That's the difference. And so it's just always fascinating to me how we're resourcing, we're honing in, consolidating this, this amazing thing that we have within. 
uh, I I <laughs> I went to a men's camp recently, and and it was just mind blowing. It was a week. It was out in the out in the wilderness. We had this little. We had these little like um, little dorm sort of things, and it was it was really full on. We would have a full day. We'd get up four in the morning, do you know meditation and all that. Three thirty, you get up and go. Was and, it was it Kundalini? Yeah, it was all Kundalini. Yeah. So you had sadhana. Guru, Guru Singh was there. Oh, I loved. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was amazing. Very good. It was. It was, it was one of the, the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So we were doing. There was this one day where we were doing. Uh, he put us through a meditation. He's like, "Oh, it'll just be seven minutes." We finished. It was like. We were doing the just like you said, moving arms, chanting, and people were in tears. It was 31 minutes we were going. 31 minutes. Like I was, there was times where I was like, I don't know if I can sit here anymore. Like I was losing it. But then, I don't under, I don't know. I can't. I don't understand how like the exact like the science of it. I know that it kind of, but it was just amazing. Once you get through that, and the different things that we did, how you feel after, right, and. It was just such a powerful energy and it's almost like I've, I've been meaning to go and practice it more lately, but I, I almost feel like my body's scared or trying to hold me back because it knows what could the potential. And it's almost like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like they, it knows like, Hey, if you, if it take you go back there, your level is going to go like this. And are you ready for that? I honestly have been thinking about that lately and, I, I just think that practice is just amazing and it's people just don't really understand it. You know, people don't really, it's not like the normal yoga, so to speak, as people see and which has its value as well. I mean, I go to normal yoga, I, I, I do, you know, the regular at the gym kind of yoga, which I love yeah. because it's a lot of movement and sweating, but I think Kundalini has a massive, massive place as well at yes. allowing the, like that movement of the energy. You know, it's yeah. You know, I, I would suggest to you to find a teacher number one, yeah, because it's super important to be guided through these these breakthroughs because they can present in such different ways. But, um, you know, one of my teachers said, "Kundalini picks you." You yeah. know, you don't pick Kundalini because it's sort of this path, this very intense path that, um, this path of self discovery that it will. It will take you on. And I've always felt like, you know, why don't people get themselves together? Why don't people recover? Many people hit rock bottom and, and never come from rock bottom. You know, that's the best it'll ever be. And I think the reason that people don't do it is because they just don't have the overall strength to do it. They don't. It takes so much to do this work. Yeah. It really does, and it can't be overseen. And that's why Kundalini for me has been just this fortifying um, technology, this opportunity that has allowed me the privilege of doing what I do. Can you explain to people listening, because I've talked about it before, but I haven't really got into it exactly. Can you walk us through it and what is actually happening and why um, – why the, the chance and why and what is actually happening in the body? Can you help us maybe clarify a little bit for somebody that's like, hmm, Lance, you've talked about this a few times, but I don't really understand it. Right. So if we're talking about raising the energy, I, I'm not sure if your audience understands the energy centers, the chakras, yeah. but that, you know, many of us live in the lower three chakras you know sort of what we call the gross realm you know that it's you know it's where animals live you know it's that survival it's that procreation it's but they never have this opportunity to raise that energy and actually illuminate the heart energy that's how we come to forgiveness and compassion and all of those higher thinking things so at an energetic level that is really what we're trying to do always with the practice okay the thing about Kundalini that's magic is that it never ignores any system. You know, in my book, I call them elements, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, that there is always this recognition of, of 
of supporting and holding all of what might come up for you. So, you know, for instance, what you said, right, 31 minutes, and I thought I was going to go crazy. I didn't know if I could last, boom, boom, boom. But you did. Yeah. You did. And, and an and a, um, expert like Guru Singh would would know what he was doing. He's very experienced. Of course, he knew how he was taking you on this journey. But the thing is, is that many people will leave before that happens, right? So I always used to say people sitting in the front when I, was te- when I teach, they're either, they're looking at me and going, what just happened? Oh my God, I can't believe this. Or they're like, out the door. See ya. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened and I don't want to know what happened because they're not ready. They're not yeah. ready. So the lifting of the energy is always this important aspect. Breath is a huge thing, pranayama, of course. But that, you know, this, this activation of the systems, particularly the glandular system, is what makes this uh, such a powerful uh, practice. You know, that's what Yogi Bhajan said, right? He, yeah. he had this whole group of, of hippies that were getting high in crazy ways. And he said, no, no, I'm against all counsel in India, he says, I'm going there and I'm going to teach them how to get high without drugs, without alcohol, without anything, without any substance. I'll teach them how to do this. And, um, but it's, it's, it's staying with it, Lance. And it's, um, it's not a quick fix. We know that is anything. No. Um, so, you know, I, I, I suggest to your audience that if this intrigues you at all, that Find yourself a find yourself a teacher. Find yourself somewhere and a community, because um, it's pretty cool to uh, do this with a group. It really is. I think definitely though there is a grow. It is growing in popularity. Also, it, the people are becoming more aware of this. It, it it definitely I've seen it. Some some people that I follow, influencers that I follow that are are very spiritual, and making an impact, have definitely been talking about it more, and. It's it, it, people are starting to understand that it's more, and you don't you don't have to just. You, I guess they see turbans, they see this the beards, and people go, "Oh, I have to be like that," and that's not the case, right? You don't have to be like that to practice it. And no. I think I was the same way at first. It's like, "Oh, I'm 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 not. I can't do that, right?" And well, yeah, you know, it's- like. It freaked me out, truthfully, you know, because yeah. when I was doing when I was training in 04, I went to the ashram in our area and sleeping over, you know, in the ashram was just like it just felt so different from anything that I had ever experienced before. And I pushed against it. It was like I would drive home an hour and a half because I was kind of freaked out about staying there and get up and drive back for four o'clock sadhana. And um and I think that that's all of what we need to sort of look at, right? It's something so different. I mean, look at our world, right? Something so different. We're freaked out by things that we don't understand that, that yeah. aren't really in our, you know, I've never seen that before. I've never grown up with that. I don't understand that. And if anything, you know, that's what this practice has done. I mean, these many Sikhs are my dear friends yeah. and... I, I've come to know something that I didn't know before, and I'm so deeply grateful for that for that knowledge and that breakthrough. What other self care practices? What other things have you done? And now, how are you doing about all of that past stuff? You know, like how are you how are you doing with that? And maybe if it comes up or you fall off, like, is there anything that you can recommend or that you do to kind of get you back into the zone, so, so to speak? Sure thing. And, um, you know, it's a real passionate part of my practice now because I understand that things are coming to even a deeper level for me right now. Um, and it's always the inner inquiry. You know, we're always trying to get back to that original center. And my interest right now is even in, with the most experienced of yogis and meditators and writers and what, whatever, why do we still resist? You know, we know it'll work, but, but we still resist. And, you know, I'm putting on all sorts of programs right now with that question. Why do we resist? It's a great question. <laughs> and one of the things that I've come into understanding is that, you know, that original wound we talked about earlier, 
we developed ways of coping and be them good or bad. They did, they did work for a little while for us. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the, the key is that that original pattern doesn't believe that anything else will ever work. So it's really breaking that. How do we break that and, and come through? And so um, much of my interest right now is, is doing that. And I mean, it's, we don't have the time to really talk about how I do that in programs. But right now, it's very interesting. It's through this, all this energetic process of mm. you know, EMDR and EFT and, and anyway. But um, my interest is coming to that original center and learning how to live there. Right. And would you say that it's basically just changing the narrative that we tell ourselves? It is. Like, I don't think it's that, that simple. No, for sure. You know, I, yeah. I want to really respect people that try and try and try again, you know? And that's why I wrote the book that I wrote because, you know, the book I wrote is really about how do we find the discipline? How do we get into a discipline? And, you know, that again sort of references Kundalini. I don't really speak about Kundalini in the book all that much other than to say that it's my, it's my primary seat. But one thing Kundalini taught me is you get there. You get there every day. You sit there every single day you go and make this discovery and learn and, and unlayer and recover you know, that original center. Um, And I think once we've done that, we can do anything because there's so many extraordinary things to do, isn't there? And so many wonderful teachers. But if we don't have a discipline in place, guess what? None of it works. You're not going to go there. You're not going to go there. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, yeah, I I don't want to downplay things either because it's not easy to change your beliefs. No. There's a lot of work and it takes time because we're, program for so long to think certain things right and we're more when we're younger they kind of stuck more than than they would later on in life so it's 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 difficult for sure and there's so many different things that need to happen so like is there anything else though that you what other is there any other kind of practices that you have that you like daily routines that you find can can help people as well or that you that help yourself Right. I, I, uh, so I, I also teach, um, Baptiste yoga. So I heard you say that you go to the gym and do that yoga. You know, I, I really believe in yoga, all sorts of yoga. Me too. I, I was just out at multiversity in Northern California for a retreat last week and, um, got intrigued by Qigong, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in these practices. Every single day, what I do is I have a space, um, and I go there, you know, I brush my teeth, I get up and I go and I do an energy practice. I write in my journal, I do a Kundalini practice. And then I would have to say that really what I aim to do with my life is not just have it isolated to that 45 minutes that I devote to it in the morning that it becomes everything, right? That my world has become illuminated, my gardens, my walks with my dogs, my time with my husband, my phone calls with my children and friends, um, that you become an ambassador for this work. And that is the best we can do, right? Because you can't change somebody else, you know? Oh, it's working so well for me. I wanna change my sister or my husband or Uh. my friend. So the best we can really do is, is devote ourselves to this study of self. What does it take? What takes from me? What fills me up? And do more of what fills you up because then when those hits come and they come, we know they come, those, you know, those withdrawals, let's call them, we don't meet it with an empty bank account. We're not bankrupt. Mm. That's what happens. People are bankrupt. They are so overwhelmed and tired and... And it really, it's devastating. That's a great analogy. It's like you get hit with the everyday recession. You know, you don't bankrupt. It's like you don't have the, you don't have the resources to get through it. Exactly. And that's a, that's a very good analogy. I, um, I know what you mean as well about trying to change other people is that 
um, a lot of times in my own life, I've tried to maybe a lack of enough focus on myself, it comes out in trying to change other people. But if you're truly working enough on yourself, you're, you're, you're not going to be so concerned about changing other people because A, you're leading by example and B, people will see that. But sometimes we're easy to point a finger at somebody for not changing. It's probably because we're not doing enough on ourselves. That's right. <laughs> like, that is so true. It's that like so true. And because if you're truly doing your best for yourself, usually people see that and they go, wow, okay. And that's what gets people inspired. Telling people, I've made that mistake so many times. Telling people, you need to do it. You need to eat like this. You need to do this. You need to do that. It's like, why? Why would, why would what I say tell, like, for, you know what I mean? Like, why would they listen? They're looking at life through a different lens. Unless they get inspired some way or another, why would they change the way they think? Well, you know, I'll say that to, to students too. You know, it's like, uh, here I am telling you that this is going to work, yeah. right? But until you have an experience, yeah. it's not your truth. It's only yeah. my truth. Yeah. My truth isn't your truth, yeah. you know? And I, 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 I really like to, you know, one thing that I'm a true believer in, Lance, is, you know, when somebody's talking to me and, and, and they're telling me their story and, you know, I really am working on being a, the best listener I can be because when you go in and you try to just, you know, well, really, you shouldn't be doing it like that, right? They've just poured their heart out and you're, you've just wiped it out, right? You've just negated all of what they've said. And the truth of it is we can't make it better for them anyway. Mm. So just validating or even saying to them, did I hear you right? Is this what you just said? You know, I yeah. hear you. I see you. Yeah. And I think that's really all we really want, isn't it? It's so true just to be, just to be listened to. And I, I have to say like being in doing this podcast has helped me to listen so much more, yeah. you know, because people talk and it's like, you got to know when you have to listen in order to have a conversation. And so many of us in our lives, it's like, we're just, you want, you know, somebody that doesn't listen because they're just waiting to like tell the, just like so many humans. It's like, no, 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 let me. No, 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 let me. And it's like, it's just so ridiculous. They're ready to pounce. It's, it's like, like and it's like, they just want to be heard, right? And, but I feel like that's the way our ego is too. It's like, right, I hear you. Okay, I know you're trying to keep me safe. I hear you, but thank you. I'm all right, right? Yeah. It's almost like we need to have those conversations as well because it's so easy. Like, I'm scared of this or you can't do this. And it's like, I hear you. I hear you. Thank you for keeping me safe, but I know that I, you know, and then your soul comes in and then some people may think, what are you talking about, Lance? But this is, this is the, this is the way, this is what I've discovered. It's, it's the same sort of thing. It's like, yes, you got to listen, is. allow those, those voices will come or those people, but listen and then be like, okay, I hear you. And, you know, understand that, you know, what is actually happening. So, um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I hear you. I just heard you. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, listening is so important though, you know? Like it sure is. It's it's a skill. It's a real skill that I don't think majority of people even think about. Mm -hmm. Right? Like are we good listeners? That's a whole topic on itself. Like what makes a good listener? Yeah. It really it really is. I I guess I'm really intrigued because, you know, people do, is it that people don't have the opportunity to speak from their hearts and when they finally do meet somebody that is listening, you know, that they, that's my, been my experience is that oftentimes when I'm talking to somebody because I've done this for so long and I'm trained in this work, I, people will tear up, you know, just because I'm not giving them any incredible advice. It's just energetically they get that they're with somebody that is listening to them. Mm. And, and I didn't get it at first, sort of like, why, why is it that the last few people I've met with are tearing up when, I, when I'm with them? But I think that's what it is, is that 
it's 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 less about what we're saying to one another and more that we're just holding each other in yeah. and you know just holding energy just holding space for one another and i think maybe we've lost sight of how powerful that is i i don't know i i agree i think as well because we're so we're on our phones all the time and we're having so many of these like real um what's the word uh, these these conversations we're having they're just non-personal conversations it's like yeah. so much of this small talk so much of these texts and social media it's like there's not a lot of connection right it's like yeah. we're connected but we're disconnected at the same time right. so it's it's rare to be able to have a people don't give themselves the time to actually have these kind of conversations and sit down because people are on their phones and they don't devote themselves to one person for very long and right. I think when that happens, people are just, the way we've been conditioned, people get almost shocked that this is happening because yeah. I think we all crave this so much, right? And I think yeah. back in the day as, as we've evolved, I mean, we used to sit around in groups and tribes around the fire and talk and sing and do all these things together. And, and I feel like we, a lot of us have lost that. A lot of us don't even sit down to dinner together and have a conversation. So... Mm. I think we get so used to that. So I can see how somebody that can connect with you just gets emotional because it's like they've been craving this so much. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and there's so much, um, you know, you think of people in the depths of their sadness or their separation um, and they're alone. I mean, they're alone. And, you know, I, I just hope that, you know, that is something that I give people that I can give back to the world is this opportunity to realize that connection, human connection, that we, it's so valuable. It's just so important. And really, we just don't do well without it. I mean, mm -hmm. we really don't. We're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be separate from. And... You know, I, I hesitate to criticize any of, you know, the devices we use because we all use them, right? Yeah, of course. But, um, and, I, and I'm grateful for them. Uh, makes my work a lot easier. But sure. when you have respect around them and understand there's a time to put them down, mm -hmm. there's a time to pick them up. And, um, you know, it's like any addiction, right? You've just got to really have awareness around what you're doing. And it's just one, one more of those things that you've got to be super aware of. I, I'm curious to know what you think about this in the fact that, okay, you know how we, we, we seek to be with others and connect, but do you find it's important to be able to disconnect and be alone so that you know, because I find this in myself, I can only speak, is that in the past, I'm always seeking somebody to kind of fill some sort of void, mm -hmm. right? Like, like you know, how people go from relationship to relationship and, you know, one side of the coin, it's like, yeah, we love the connection. It's good to connect. But when do we pull the brakes and, and disconnect a little bit from people and go within and realize we don't technically need anything to fill the void, but like, what's the difference between that, the connection and that void, so to speak? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, you know, that it's important to know how you restore yourself. Mm. You know, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Like I'm, I'm definitely an introvert living in extroverted life. Okay. I restore myself alone. Um, and I think, you know, many people, extroverted people do the opposite of that. So, you know, getting that time to fill yourself up again is vitally important or else, you know, all sorts of things go wonky. Um, meditation is a big deal. You know, call it meditation, call it anything, you know, yeah. contemplation, reflection, walk on the beach, walk with your dog. What are you doing that's just for you? And do you even know what that is? Do you have any understanding of what that is and that it's not selfish to do that, that that's actually what we have to do to function on, you know, all circuits. So, you know, this is really why, you know, my book is about self-care. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. It's like the entry back in 
to recover that part of yourself that you have layers and layers and layers and layers over. You know, we get so far from what I'm calling that original center that we don't have any understanding of really what's our truth. What is authenticity? Who am I? What does that even mean? You know, I I think it's important here to speak about the trauma too, uh, because we leave energetically for a reason, right? So when something's happened, right, it's no longer energetically safe to be here. So we leave. Yeah. And really the only place and only time we can heal holistically is when we find our way back. Right. So that's your Kundalini. That's your yoga. That's your, you know, all of these um, holistic practices that are working to get us back home so we can do the real healing of our life. Mm. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it's great. This is, I'm loving this conversation. This is great. I, um, I would love to dive more into your book. I know, uh, maybe can you walk us through a little bit more detail? I know it's about self care, but like, I really, I would really love to sort of, you know, unpack it a little bit if you can. Sure. Sure. Um, so the book is called Inside, A Guide to the Resources Within. And as I mentioned earlier, it really doesn't re- reference Kundalini because yeah. I feel I don't want to impose that on anyone. Yeah. But what Kundalini really brought to me was that, like I've said a few times, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, and that none of those work separate to the other. Right. So the book is what, when, when people ask me what the book is about, I say it's about healing through trauma with this spiritual path, right? So awakening this path of, the, of each of those elements and understanding that we can come back to ourselves once we identify the physical. What do we do to strengthen the physical, the emotional, the mental, and spiritual? And so it's broken up into very practical, easy to do um, practices. And it really speaks about, so you, you liked the, the analogy around the spiritual bank account. That, like, that's one of the things I talk about. Yeah. It really identifies to this whole understanding about witness consciousness. You know, that there is this part of us that is the observer, I call it, right? That observes us. You know, it's like, what are you doing when no one's watching, right? So when everyone's watching, I'm I'm recycling and doing all this. But when they're not, I'm, you know, I'm throwing things every each way. That's the piece. It's this accountability. It's this awareness that says, "This this is who I am. This is how I live. This is what I represent. And ownership for that with that truth, with that authenticity. So very practical. My daughter was really um, amazing in guiding me in the beginning parts of the book because she said, you know, mom, anybody that's dealing with trauma doesn't want to have to go to the dictionary to try to figure out what you've said in the book. So I really uh, went back in and, and I think if there's anything I'm hearing from my audience, it's that it's a very understandable book, but it'll take you as deep as you want to go. Mm. Awesome. I love it. I, um, you, you have a great way of explaining all this stuff, you know, and I think that that's very important as well is because there's so many different things being thrown at people. It's, it's really important when somebody can explain it in an easy way, like so that people can actually take action and, and apply things. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting time because I think a lot of people are wanting to, to make a shift in their mindset, and you know, and and I liked what you said about what 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 do you do when people aren't watching? And I guess that's kind of the real us, the real you, is what you do when nobody's watching, right? Right. It's right. like, yeah, and it's I think everybody that accountability, that universal accountability. It's like right. Right. Yeah. And you know, lots of us have that sort of imposter, you know, thing going on, you know, where we don't feel we're like, you know, I'm a teacher, but I still feel like I'm, and, and I think that aligns with, 
you know, that we're not really there yet, you know, that we're still doing things like we're still doing yoga and smoking cigarettes or something or whatever. Yeah. You know? That, and, 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 you know, it's all right. It's, I mean, it, I really like to offer to people, you know, please, I mean, this be, meet yourself where you are. You know, that's how I work with clients and students. It's like, I'm not going to impose on you where I want you to be right now. I want to know where you are so I can meet you there and we can travel together. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's just so much shame and, you know, it, it's just, it spirals you down the black hole. And, and, you know, I just have deep compassion for the work, Lance, because my life looked pretty rough there for a while too. It, it, I have a little story for you and, and, and maybe this will help your audience, but you know, I had told you that I had this big mask on and that everything had to look just so, and we were having Christmas at my house and all the light, you know, candles were lit in a certain way. My children were dressed in the, you know, whatever. And da-da, you know, now ready for the family to come in, you know, my brothers and sisters and their wives and, and children came in. And my sweet sister-in-law, in the middle of it all, you know, I might have been stirring the soup or something. She came up to me, she, she looked at me, and I love this person. And she said, why are you so unhappy? Are you all right? And I was like a deer in the head, you know, oh. I was like, oh, my God, somebody's seen me. Oh, my God. And to this day, I, I tell her what an incredible gift she gave me, you know, that it frightened the heck out of me. But it was such, talk about being seen and hurt, right? I mean, she saw through the mask and set me on a course of healing that I might not have been on otherwise. Wow. Yeah, we get sent those people, those, those special people <laughs> we connect right. with. <laughs> That's right. I love them. You could have, and you know what? You could have reacted in a different way, but you didn't. You chose to allow that. And how many times do we push those people away and go, what? I'm fine. Right? right. Like how many right. times? Right? And and the fact that you allowed that is is powerful because that made a big change for you. It helped you realize. I was ready. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, I, I'm sure I pushed many people away too before that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where, uh, where's the best place everybody can find you and get your book and check you out? Well, I'm on Amazon, of course, and yeah. you know, all the places you buy books and audio books, audible, um, social channels. Um, and, uh, Am I missing anything? I, this is, is it, the part is where it, I yeah. always forget. Yeah, yeah. I want to make, this is the thing that's important because, you know, you share an important story, lots of lessons. I want to make sure people can find you. It's clear for them. So, Thank is, you. Is, yeah. Is, so your social media is Sarah, Bra how do you, Bra Brassard? B-R-A-S-S-A-R-D, yeah. Brassard. And my website is sarahbrassard.com. It's pretty easy. Perfect. Um, so it's all the same that way. Okay. That's great for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. of course. Thank it's you. it's important because some people have like 10 different websites and 10 different things. It's like, whoa, okay, I'm confused. But yeah, so make sure to Sarah Sarah Brassard, make sure to check out guys on social media or website. Um, we'll have all that in the in the notes, in the show notes for them and the link to your book as well. Thank you um, so much. Oh, my pleasure. That's the least I can do. Is I always have one last question at the end to wrap things up, and it's just about adversity. Yeah. What is the one lesson or the top lesson that adversity has taught you? Well, I'm kind of going through it right now. <laughs> um, you know, there's this message right now for me that, um, you know, I have this goal, my project's going really great and, and things are kind of going really fast for me right now. And so there's this goal, you know, to do all these things. And in the midst of this goal, um, I'm realizing how I really want to just walk away because I'm not happy. It's just taken me on, like, I'm just missing it. I'm missing so much that means so much to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of these precious little things that happen in our day to day 
those are the gems. I don't even know if I'll ever get to that goal, right? But I sure as heck don't want to miss those little precious gems. And I've been missing them. It's, it's, it's brought a lot of angst to my life. Mm. So um, in the midst of trying to get to whatever that preconceived goal is for you, um, don't miss the gems because, you know, it could be your kid tugging on your pant. It could be your dog barking at the door. It could be, you know, somebody that's calling up that needs you, whatever it might be. Um, stop what you're doing and, 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 and take, uh, take care in, in addressing what needs to be addressed. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's so valuable too, you know. You got you to gotta pay attention to what's in front of you. You got to smell the flowers, smell, you know, yeah. smell the coffee, enjoy what's happening, you know, the day-to-day stuff because that's the journey is what it's all about. And that's we forget right. because we get so caught up in the outcome of where we're going that sometimes yeah. we forget about the, the, the things. And, and a lot of people I've talked to that have become successful, once they've hit that thing, they just oh. realize, they go, the best part was the journey. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like, and they're like, oh, I got got that thing. There's just going to be another thing. There's just going to be another thing that you want to chase. It's like, I know. And I think we all can learn that lesson. All be like, look, at the end of the day, if you're on the right path, great. I mean, but we got to enjoy the things that are happening day to day because those are what actually is, is real. That's right. Those are the real gems. And I, I love that. So thank you so much for sharing that. that You're was, welcome. You're I, welcome. Um, it's good. It, 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 I always like when people are vulnerable about where they're at, you know, because sometimes when, when you talk to people, it's like uh, we, people assume that just because I'm talking to them now, they have it all figured out and they've, uh, they've gone from here to here and they've all figured it. But it, it's not. It's just another it's just another level, another layer of the onion that they need to, because you know, as you as you know, as you grow, there's just going to be more growth and more things to learn. So it's always nice to hear the struggles or the you know the adversities that we're going through, like present day as well. So thank you for that. Right, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Well, again, um, that was an amazing conversation, and I truly, truly appreciate it. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Love the conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. And I'm sure everybody else will love it as well. Um, We're going to have everything in the show notes for them to come and check you out. And I am excited to be connected now and to just keep doing the amazing work. I I truly, I I, I appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody did as well. So thanks for what you're doing, Lance. Really getting the good word out. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. All right. uh, Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Sarah Brassard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Show some love. Go follow Sarah. Leave us a review. Subscribe. All that fun stuff. Share it with a friend. I truly, truly appreciate every single one of you. And I want to see the show grow. And I need your help. So I can't do it without you. Appreciate you. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time.